that was a moment where I really noticed that big bond that we had with each other. Hi folks, welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we explore the lives of the defenders of the defenseless. We highlight the incredible pro-life work that courageous women and men across the country and around the world are doing to defend the weakest and most vulnerable members of the human family. I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Catherine from Windsor. Catherine, how you doing? I'm doing good, Cam. How are you? I am living the dream. It is really, really cold here in Calgary. We just got a whole bunch more snow, and snow is a novelty for me because I grew up in Victoria, and we never get snow out there. So I digress, though. We are here to talk about pro-life work, but even before we get into that, to go back to our digressing, I'd love, can you just share a little bit about yourself? Are you somebody who lives eats and breathes pro-life work or or do you have hobbies and things that you do outside the pro-life movement tell us a little bit about who Catherine is and and what you would find yourself doing if you're not doing pro-life work um so i live in windsor ontario which is in southern ontario and um in my spare time i love taking photos going out with my friends and taking photos or just going out into nature and taking photos um yeah, I just love photography and all that that encompasses. Super, super cool. I have benefited directly. You, you took a ton of photos while you were here in Calgary working with our internship teams and as a staff member as well. Um, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, though. <laughs> as we, we love to start by talking about how did you get involved? in the pro-life movement. Everyone has a different journey. As Scott Klusendorf often puts it, people are not simply kind of recruited into the pro-life movement. We are summoned into the pro-life movement. And and I'm curious, what is your summoning story? How did you first get involved in the pro-life movement? Yeah, so I was in my first year of college and um, I just kind of had a feeling that I wanted to do something more specifically with a group that would make a difference in the world. Um, and so my mom, she recommended me to do the internship with um, CCBR. Uh, so I applied and I got in to the internship in Calgary, um, which I did in 2016. And that was my first exposure into being actively involved in the movement. Very cool. The internships are, are a, a very natural starting part point for a lot of people. I know that when I did the internship way back in 2012, it was an incredible experience. And not only because of the great pro-life work that we were able to do, but also because of the incredible people we got to meet. And I, I wonder if you could share a little bit about your experience over the summer, that, that 2016 summer, doing the internship with a couple of other incredible pro-lifers from across the country here in Canada and the community and, and the role that community may have played in kind of harnessing that pro-life passion and leading you towards doing more and more pro-life work. 
Yeah, the internship was pretty much my first time ever being surrounded by a community of young people with the same views that I had. Um, beforehand, I really had no experience with talking about abortion or having friends that had the same position as myself. So it was so cool to be able to be involved in this amazing community. Um, and seeing that we had each other's back in this situation that I wasn't just you fend for yourself. Like we all <laughs> were like a huge family that, um, yeah, had each other's back. Um, overall, there's one specific story that sticks with me to this day um, that really just showed that we were a, a community that was in support of each other. Um, we, we were doing postcarding in the morning, and I had a run-in with somebody who wasn't very happy with us being there and delivering these postcards, um, and the person that was not happy wasn't really what caused me to have a little bit of a breakdown, but what caused me to do that was the person across the street. She was walking her dog, and she overheard the commotion of the individual yelling at me from across the street, and she basically comforted me with my other postcard um, intern, and um, they just said, like, that man had no right to talk to me like that, um, and so I was crying, and that was a really tough morning, but it wasn't until our later choice chain where I really realized, like, when one person has a tough time, that's when we have to help support each other and help us get through. So we had a choice chain at a high school after postcarding, and um, Angela was on a sign, and I was put on camera so I could uh, re recuperate from postcarding. And there were just swarms of students at this choice chain that were interested in hearing what was being discussed and what was on the signs and um, just wanted to have an opportunity to talk with Angela. And it just got to a point where it was just really overwhelming for her. And so she asked if I could switch with her. And at that moment, like even though I had a hard time with postcarding, I knew that I had to step in and help Angela because she needed a break just like how I needed a break. And it was just a sense of, okay, well, like, we're, we're going through this together, and we have each other's back, and it just built that bond between us. Um, there were other moments throughout the internship like that as well with the other interns and staff, but that was a moment where I really noticed that big bond that we had with each other. Yeah, 100%. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like at times we at CCBR might, I don't want to say sugarcoat what it's like doing pro-life outreach. Anyone who's done pro-life outreach knows that there are incredibly high highs and there are some incredibly low lows where we have people who, whether because of their own personal experience with abortion or whether it's simply a, a product of a culture which kind of directs everyone towards an abortion acceptance mindset that the lashing out, we often liken it to turning on a bright light in a dark room, that we have so many people in our society who are stumbling around, they're hurting themselves, they're really obviously hurting the people around them, including these preborn children, and what they desperately need is for the light to be flicked on so they can see what, what it is that they're doing, so they can see where they're going. And as we can all relate to, obviously, 
that light, whether it's first thing in the morning and our parents are flipping it on or our spouse or, um, I don't know, maybe you got a timer on your house lighting or something like that. <laughs> the, the lights go on and it, it's not very pleasant. And so I'm glad that you mentioned a story like that and how valuable that community is peer to peer so that together we engage our culture. It's not a whole bunch of lone wolves out there, but rather a bunch of people who are standing shoulder to shoulder helping each other out. I, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful story and and really showcases the reality of how connected um, the pro-life movement is and how connected, especially that, that front lines interaction with the public, how important it is for our success. So you do the internship 2016. You go home to Windsor. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was like going back to Windsor. You, you spend the summer working with these Four other, I think there was four other interns that summer, and all very much agreed on the um, abortion abortion conversation, pro life worldview. And then you go back to Windsor. What was that like? Kind of going back to your hometown, and was it a culture shock? Was it difficult to pick up where you left off? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I had decided that I was going to put off going back to school um, because. Um, it was just really apparent to me that the pro-life movement was something that deserved and required my attention. So I decided to go not go back to school and focus on volunteering with the local group here in Windsor um, and trying to grow that community and bond with the youth in my area like how it was in the internship. Um, so I started a youth group at this local Right to Life group. And um, that went well for the first uh, year, I think, that we um, were established. Um, yeah, we would just have like games, games days, movie nights, um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then from that, so you go back, you do a year of that, building up that really, really important foundational pro-life community amongst the people living in Windsor, Ontario. And then 2018, you did something pretty cool again. Um, I, I was very, very pleased to be a part of it. You came back to Calgary again to do another summer with us. But this summer was a little bit different. Tell us about what your second summer with CCBR was like and how it was different from the first one. So my first one, I was an intern, um, a four-month intern. Um, but this summer in 2018, I was uh, summer staff. Um, and I was the assistant assistant to the volunteer coordinator in Calgary. So um, I learned how to manage volunteers and scheduling for activism and just how to um, lead a successful volunteer group for activism. Bingo. And and the goal around this, obviously, we have a growing volunteer team here in Calgary, where we have one of our, our head offices, actually, and, and working with Rachel to gain those volunteer leadership skills on, on recruitment and training and mentorship, that kind of thing. But it was more than just helping us over the summer, right? You had plans to go back to Windsor. And I know that now you are running a group called Windsor Against Abortion. I think that a lot of our, a lot of our audience would be very curious Windsor Against Abortion was a bit of your brainchild, right? And, and a group that you started using some of these skills that you learned at CCBR. Tell us a little bit about creating this new pro-life group that focuses in pro-life outreach called Windsor Against Abortion. Yeah, so when I came back home from working on staff, um, I had just learned so much 
about running a group um, that I knew I had to utilize those skills and that experience of um, leading the volunteers. And so when I came back, I decided to resign from my position at Windsor Right to Life and um, kind of revitalize Windsor Against Abortion, which had been established already, but had kind of died off because it was previously been running by volunteers um, who had moved on with their lives and started families and got married, which is totally, totally fine. Um, so I decided to jump in and it was just, it was amazing to see that that second summer, well, the first summer that I was in Calgary and the second summer had a huge impact on being able to start this group. It wasn't, I would not have been able to do it without my experiences in Calgary with CCBR. Um, but yeah, I decided to, um, we actually, the week that I had resigned, we had three trainings lined up, like apologetic trainings. And um, luckily there was my two friends, Dominic and Lucas, they offered their house to host these trainings. And we would just like fill up the living rooms with people um, with like, it, I think it got to like 12 or 15 people at one time at each training um, and started this, this group of volunteers that wanted to do the projects that CCPR was doing. It was just amazing for the first month and a half. Very cool. And so you go back, you train a whole bunch of people in pro-life apologetics. I think I think it's good to note um, how valuable that training is, right? The the training that you received here at CCBR, but also that you were able to pay it forward, equip a bunch of people to be effective pro-life ambassadors, sharing with them how to have compelling and compassionate conversations, and then hitting the street, kind of taking this group that, like you said, had started out building that strong community foundation of discussions and board games and movies and really building up a very cohesive group and then moving on into that street engagement, street outreach, talking to people about abortion. Um, and you've been doing that for a couple of years now, which I find really encouraging. I, I've never started the pro-life group. I work full-time in the pro-life movement, but I came into a, a well-established or fairly well-established infrastructure at CCBR. Um, I'm sure there were some growing pains as you've gone through um, developing Windsor Against Abortion, but you guys are still out there quite regularly, right? Talking to people about abortion. I wonder if there's any kind of stories or, or examples that spring to mind of activism in Windsor. What is that like? What is it like to be the person who, I mean, you might call it calling the shots or the top dog or whatever, but but really helping direct the flow and serving the volunteers of the Windsor area to make sure that they're able to change minds and save lives. What has it been like um, running WAA? And maybe a story or two, if, if one springs to mind, about um, doing activism in the Windsor area. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing um, that has helped the volunteers want to keep coming um, is obviously the activist, activism itself and changing hearts and minds, um, but also making sure that it's organized and like not stressful for a volunteer to want to come and volunteer and the schedule is there and they know when to come and um yeah just keeping everything organized and that again i wouldn't have learned that how to do that unless it was for the summer um in 2018 but um yeah the first year that we were 
officially out on the streets was just incredible. We um, had 43 shifts of Choice Chain, and we knocked on almost 700 doors in um, Windsor, Essex County. So, um, yeah, we also traveled from our little area to another city that's close by, which is Chatham, and did some activism there, and um, we went to the March for Life um, in Ottawa, and yeah, it was just like, it was just so, so incredible, all that we did in that one year. That's so cool. And and just for, for context, for, for those who don't know, these choice chain displays where people are setting up on a street corner or at a college or university campus with an image, um, a sign, a three foot by four foot sign showing the reality of what abortion does to a preborn child, having conversations with passersby. Generally speaking, in most communities across Canada, we see around 200 people per hour per sign that we have going out, angling in different directions, having a ton of conversations. And so 43 choice chains in one year plus door knocking is a tremendous amount of activism. That is thousands and thousands of people who are reached with the, the reality of what abortion does to preborn children over a thousand conversations that you're able to have, which is incredible. And and I think that that can serve as an inspiration for a lot of people across Canada who might be saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just one person in my hometown, or, or we're just a, a ragtag group of, of people who are passionate about babies. There's no way that we could form a, a formal group that does regular activism. I, I've heard this from a number of different pro-lifers across the country. And as we start to wrap up here, I wonder if there's a piece of advice that you could give, not only to somebody who is actively pro-life and, and thinking about starting their own pro-life group to better engage the members of their community, and then maybe as well for somebody who isn't actively pro-life and hesitant about getting involved, what would you say to each of those two people? Again, the person who's thinking about starting their own group and the person who's thinking about getting involved. So I would say to the the first person that wants to start their own group, um, that it's not impossible and um, that there will be people along the way who will support you um, in helping you get started with this group um, because they, they see that you're passionate about it and if they are also passionate about the cause, then they will support you and find other people to support you as well. Um, and that there, the volunteers in the city or wherever you are, your town, your city, um, are out there and um, you just have to be willing to go and put yourselves in positions where you'll meet them, like at church events or other pro-life events in the city, um, just to gather up that, that support from volunteers. Um, and then to the people who want to volunteer but are a bit apprehensive, um, I would say that just give it a try. Um, because I've been in the place where I was afraid to go out and talk about abortion, even to my friends. Um, but when we realized the depth and the injustice of abortion, we realized that we have that obligation to step out and just give it a try. Um, even to just learn apologetics. So that way in your daily life, um, if the conversation comes up, you know how to talk about it. Um, and that it's, it's possible and there's a community there to support you um, and go through it with you and you're, you won't be alone for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and not only that, I'm going to do a, a real um, 
shameless plug here that we're not asking people necessarily to make up their own apologetics. We're not asking you to reinvent the wheel and go out there with your own handmade sign necessarily and come up with all of your answers. There's tremendous amount of resources available to help you have good conversations about abortion. Few that come to mind within CCBR, we think of the book Stuck, a complete guide to answering tough questions about abortion published by our colleague Justina Van Manen. Um, Obviously yours truly and my colleague Peter Boss doing the podcast, the Pro-Life Guys podcast, which you can find on our website, prolifeguys.com or any of your favorite podcast catchers also on YouTube um, here as well. You can check out the latest episodes there. And not only that, you can connect with incredible people like Catherine. If you're in the Windsor area, you can connect with Windsor Against Abortion. Catherine, how, how does somebody, if we got a, a random listener coming from Windsor, Essex County, or maybe from Chatham or somewhere else in that neck of the woods, how do they get in touch with you? How do they get in touch with Windsor Against Abortion? So we have Facebook and Instagram that you can send us a message on. Um, we also have an email address, which is windsoragainstabortion at gmail.com. Um, and hopefully a website. Exciting times. Definitely want to encourage you to connect with them. And just in conclusion here, definitely want to encourage you as well to check out the Pro-Life Guys podcast, as I mentioned, available on any of your podcast catchers. Check out our new series started in February 2021 here um, called The Pulse, which is a monthly roundup of all of the important and interesting pro-life news from around the world. So you can stay sharp on what's going on around you, the good, the bad, the sometimes ugly, what's going on. And if you have questions or suggestions for who you think we should feature on this program, Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, don't hesitate to reach out to us on our website, shoot us an email, whatever it may be. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Catherine, for being a part of the show. And I hope that each and every one of you have a great rest of your day.